Episode 14 of People Like Games. As you know, I'm Solo. And I'm Lilo, man. And this is the show. Uh, if you have not gotten a chance to just yet, uh, find us on Twitter at People Like Games. And if you have not gotten the opportunity as well to subscribe, review, and leave a whole bunch of love and recommendations on iTunes or Google Play for the podcast. Be sure to do that. We want to start getting the name out there, and we would love your help in doing it because one of us is really shitty at marketing, and <laughs> that is me. Yeah, <laughs> but so we need help. We do need help. We do need help. Uh, how you doing, Lilo? How's your How's your day going, dude? Today is a pretty good day. Definitely above above average. Let's above, go with that. Above, above, average, above average is. I like that description. I feel like that's the way that I don't live my life for a ah. large <laughs> I, I use the phrase less than ideal. If anyone's ever, Hey, how's your day? I'm like, less than ideal dog. They, it, it, it describes so much without really saying anything whatsoever. And yeah, that it. is yeah. really the spirit or ethos of my existence. <laughs> nice. That's but solid. That's solid. That's solid. It's a great way to start things off. But speaking of something with a lot of hype and absolutely zero fucking substance, did you watch the Venom trailer? I did. Oh my god! Just okay. It was. Did the you most like it? Generic thing I've ever seen, and that's why I'm a little upset about it. Not so much like, obviously, the big thing was they showed zero images of the actual Venom, which right. makes sense. They only you know finished up filming exactly like a, less than a month less ago. less than a month ago, and CGI was done. It, they still what is it? It's coming out in. <laughs> October, yeah, I think it, something like that. October, late, yeah. Late, late. It's well. Dude, first so. of all, it didn't bode well for them to not have anything set up uh, at this point. The movie mm-hmm. is gonna suck. It smells like a rush job. But my thing is, what's the point of releasing a trailer like that? You probably serve to get more negative feedback, and you know, nothing positive came from rushing out a trailer whatsoever. I don't know, man. People like. People like teases. Our our brain is wired for that shit. Cliffhangers and shit. Like we're just we're just wired for that. So I would. But if you didn't, I don't know what they do. No, it's not Marvel. This is Sony. Sony owns the rights to Venom. Right, but it's a Marvel product, and I think that's just no. It's completely separate. And this is like the the potential Andrew Garfield Spider Man. Sony, no, I got you. exactly. So Sony has zero affiliation with Marvel. The only good character that Sony owned was Spider Man and the X Men. Or maybe, no, wait, it's Twentieth Century that owns X Men. I think Marvel bought them too. We talked. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. But um, yeah, it's going to look awful. The movie's going to suck. I did buy my tickets for Black Panther though. Solid. That's yeah. dude. That's what I wanted to bring up. I just think. I, I think, uh, what is it? Most pre-sales of all time, as mm-hmm. according to Fandango, for any movie ever. And obviously the hype is real. You got Kendrick Lamar curating the music. I think it's going to be sweet. IGN has already reviewed it, which is pretty cool. If you haven't seen that, check it out. But uh, I don't know. I'm definitely definitely hyped. I was unfortunate 
being in Los Angeles, man, I can't get tickets anywhere for like the first week and a half. So I'm just waiting. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way I'm getting a ticket. That's so funny. It's so true. Waiting. And, uh, there's so much, so much anticipation going into this just because of what the implications are going to be for the next Marvel movie, you know, mm-hmm. AKA Avengers. Yeah. That looks amazing as well. Right. I, I think even if you're tired of the movie hero genre, I'm as a fan excited to see the culmination of 10 years worth into one movie and what happens. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. Black I mean, Panther sets that shit up and it's going to be epic. There's no way to deny no way to whether deny you whether like Marvel or not, Marvel or not that they were able to create able a functionally, functionally, you know, yeah. or functionally revolutionize the entire movie experience and the way that these things could be set up and yep, timeline. the timeline. Timeline. It was incredible. What, what Marvel did wild. Uh, I actually tweeted about that today, which is John Favreau doesn't get enough credit for building this entire universe because, you know, the movie sucked and wouldn't have taken off. Exactly. He didn't pick RDJ. Robert Downey Jr. sold the entire ability to craft this into a franchise. Uh, And so as much as Kevin Feige and Joss Whedon for the first event. So those would be the first two. So I'd say John Favreau for Iron Man 1, which was the strongest movie in the entire uh canon un- until just the first one uh oh, oh, oh. until avengers so you would say it was iron man one then captain america sucked thor sucked i don't even know if they came out i think captain america whatever the case was iron then, man two came out and then I iron think, man uh, two sucked and then yeah. you know then lo and behold what's it called comes out the, the avengers the avengers and that was great that was the first time they ever did it at all in any uh degree and it worked perfectly and it's funny if you think about it that not even 10 years ago was the first time this ever happened and now look at how they've sort of exponentially multiplied that scale like i can't even imagine what infinity war is going to be like so cool man all those heroes together all the storylines uh just just new characters and just implications like i said the infinity infinity gauntlet can do some damage apparently if you read the comics or read up about it on the wikis mm-hmm. and literally alter reality. So half your heroes that you love are probably going to die or retire. And then the new guys are going to come in, AKA Miss Marvel or what's her name? Not Miss no, Marvel. Captain uh, Marvel. I, I actually uh, tried yeah. getting uh what's it called? I want to put a petition together, get a Miss Marvel movie. I think Kamala Khan is a really great awesome. superhero. I think she, she, she'd be very good for this sort of, next generation of heroes because the inspiration for sure exactly in between her and spider-man doctor strange soon to be black panther they found a pretty good stride with making visually unique villains which they didn't necessarily have in the first five to eight years that they were making these okay I think I see where you're going. I mean, they're all a lot of them are set in different universes, so I don't necessarily agree, but that's okay. It's it's more so the uh, the actual uh, the actual visual. So it's like my 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 criticism of people complaining about Justice League was, okay, maybe it did not have the strongest of plots. But when I when you talk about something visually memorable or visually unique, it blows everything out of the water. You know, when it comes to the Marvel universe, it was, I would say, probably Doctor Strange where I was like, oh, this is pretty trippy. I fuck with this. And I expect that from <laughs> Black Panther as well. 
Spider-Man didn't That's have that. Fun. Spider-Man was just good. And yeah, Spider-Man Homecoming was really cool. This is genuine, genuine, nice story. Like the they, kid was great. Exactly. Tom Holland is pretty sick. It makes sense. He looks like a high schooler. He looks like he's actually in middle school, but it, it works out. Exactly. So, yo, I, I think we're digressing from what the people actually want and why. And the people like games. And here we yes, go. They do. Um, so beginning with uh, Lilo's favorite story, we're going to get in a little bit to Billy Mitchell and his response to last week's uh, <laughs> little, uh, what was it? What, what, what would the word be, Sean? What's a popular word or not popular? What's a correct word to uh, uh, describe this phenomenon? Controversy? It, it is Pointless. a controversy, I guess, but at the same time, it's a controversy in its small little niche bubble that a lot of people don't know and probably don't care about, like myself. Well, sir, I know. prepare to people. do what's going on. You're about to get informed <laughs> with information you didn't even care about because that's how I roll. Which, speaking of, did you know Pure Saffron's $1,500 a pound? Now you do. There you go. Uh-huh. Useless information. <laughs> anyway, speaking of that, uh, so if you remember last week, his score was voided from one of these top Donkey Kong uh, forums that maintain or popular Donkey Kong uh, record website for his one million point uh, Donkey Kong score. Apparently, he used a a, a MAME machine, M-A-M-E, which is basically an emulator. And the way that it differentiates itself from the classical arcade machines is that it sort of simplifies the ability to do the run and that it automatically at once loads the entirety of the screen whereas for the original arcade machines they would slowly uh graph themselves from left to right as you went across the map so it's sort of like if you jumped that you know ladder is just not there yet versus if you're running an emulator everything's on the screen the second you start sort of functionally makes the game a lot easier and he responded on this uh, podcast called Eastside Dave, where he basically admitted it and then did like a whole crock of shit afterwards. So lo and behold, this guy is going to be guilty um, or he is guilty. And now he's just not making any sort of declarative statements where he said, I did it on a main machine, but I didn't do it. And I did it on. I was like, whatever. Dude, so, that's where I was confused. The article lost me. He's like, I did it, but I didn't do it. But. People have seen me do it for real, but at the same time, yeah, this is a main. Exactly. I, I, I'm glad that wasn't just that. I was like, I, I see what you're saying. This guy has like sort of laid out this proof. And so how do you sort of respond to it? And so that's sort of funny to me that he would do that. Um, well, he did respond and sorry, man. I mean, I know you had some goals in life. I'm sorry that like you had to cheat and you were yeah. caught cheating. You're yeah. upset about it. Straight up. Well, you know, oh, well, if I'll be honest, we're probably never going to cover Billy Mitchell again. <laughs> if Billy listens to PLG, tweets at you and you got to respond. You yeah. If you at me, dog, let's get you on the show and we'll give you an opportunity to respond to likely tougher questions from me because I don't fucking joke with those. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you pull that shit. You get in journalism, properly journalism with follow up questions. I teach these political like reporters a thing or two. But regardless, next up, on to now more interesting information and basically why you guys came in. So sorry for wasting 10 minutes of your time setting this up. But the next Call of Duty has been initially announced or officially confirmed, rather, uh, with the 
uh, Activision Blizzard's fourth quarter financial conference call the other day. It is going to be Black Ops and it's going to be developed by Treyarch. This was the same company that developed Black Ops 3 in 2015. And they also, I guess they've done all of the Black Ops. So basically, if you're unfamiliar with the development cycles, they pass around different games from their franchise. So for Call of Duty, uh, Modern Warfare 3, uh, Modern Warfare, uh, Black Ops and Ghost. So I don't know if there's like a tertiary franchise, but they're cycled between three year development times with three studios in particular Infinity Ward, Sledgehammer Games, Treyarch. Like I've said on the show, I'm not a particular Call of Duty fan. So, yeah, Dude, that's pretty sweet. I didn't know it was those three specific. Like I knew it was Infinity Ward and Treyarch. I didn't know about Sledgehammer. At least I never paid attention to those. You know how when you boot up a game, you have those intro screens that. Show all the logos of who made it. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. Never pay attention to those. Never. I did remember Infinity Ward because of Modern Warfare 2 and how much we fucking played that game. That's for sure. That's but, for sure. But I mean, Modern like, Warfare 2 is a timed classic because we were in college. <laughs> that's a good point. Like this, this scenario kind of makes sense, though, if you think about them passing it around just because you need a uh, kind of need a refreshing a franchise. It gets stale if you use the same stuff over and over. And it applies to remember ea remember mm. fifa how vision would be very similar but an odd version is totally different you go from 2008 to 2009 you're like what the hell happened in the game then 2010 it comes back then 2011 it switches again it's because they used to pass it between studios and they changed the game mechanics each time it was absolutely asinine yeah exactly oh really i didn't actually know that yeah man it was back in the day when we were probably like late 2000s right so like 2008 9 10 it went back and forth i remember reading about that but re- more recently, it seems like they're just building on what they have still. Yeah, man. Makes well, sense. We'll see. Uh, fresh franchise. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because it definitely needs it. I, I don't think World War II is very good. I thought it was a little bit of a, a copy of Battlefield. They come out with World War One, and then lo and behold, suddenly you have the need to, you know, what's it called? Uh come out with your own world war ii version but whatever i remember playing oh. call of duty 2 uh on pc so i mean that's what really started all of this but whatever on to other franchisees destiny 2's numbers have dipped to their lowest ever population for the end game pvp mode for trials of the nine you happen to be a fan or player of destiny uh yep you would be surprised to find out that based on individual platform numbers, right? Only 7,488 people are playing on PC. 7,000? Yep. What? 7,488 players compared to 24,000 on Xbox One and 46,000 on PlayStation 4. That's got due at the OP. Dude, that is insane. I did not know that. I mean, it's funny because, yeah, a couple of my buddy, my buddies and I, we still play. It's a beautiful game, man. Like, you can't beat the PC's graphics and just the output. It's amazing, but I did get bored with it. And I'll be honest, I haven't played it recently. So, like, that's so 7,000. Damn, that sucks. Sorry, Destiny. Bungie, not looking good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if you can't keep players with the new games coming out, then, like, you have no business here. Especially since they, they even included the microtransactions too in the gameplay, which a lot of people were pissed about. And so, can't I mean, keep players there. You're not developing enough through contact. 
content, like it sucks. They apparently Sorry. have a new, one of their biggest uh, expansions coming out or the biggest content releases for Destiny 2, but apparently it's not going to be part of the current expansion pass. So regardless, you're going to have to go out of your way and pay for it anyway. Exactly. It, it's They ruined the game. But it, it's such a great a, a concept and it upsets me so much to see Bungie creators of the greatest franchise ever pull shit like this but can't do money, much man. about that gotta make money and I can't fault them I get it but it doesn't look like they're gonna be having a lot of purchasers of the new oh shit we're missing the uh, did you okay so now that we're done with Destiny 2 that, that game's washed fuck Bungie and their stupid XP rigging anyway so you know any company that does that type of shit deserves no, that. That's how you really, man. Damn. Yo, any company that pulls that shit, like, I'm just, you'll get the numbers if you're just cool about it. Like, I, I don't think, or at least I don't believe that something like Grand Theft Auto Online is inherently exploitative in its business model. But I think something like Destiny 2 that caps your XP is a little bit more insidious because if you're using that XP to buy shit and then if you're not getting that whatever XP to be able to, to be able to purchase it in game, then you're going to spend real money. And I don't look at myself as the example. I look at like a 15 year old kid who's playing the game and then he'll go and pay for that. And I'm like, why, right. like, why would you set up a business model that's going to go after that kid's pocket? It's just unnecessary. If you if they're targeting adults, like I don't give a shit. And if you're if you turn eighteen and you're stupid, you're an idiot. Does it? <laughs> That's simple. It, it's no one's fault. But if you're under, there should be some protections. Oh, I got to send you a hilarious video. Uh, my my sister has sent it to me. Uh, it is at a debate where I forget what the debate was, but it was between libertarians, and one of the candidates says that. I believe in protection for children and that people should not be able to sell heroin to a five-year-old. And then he gets booed. <laughs> that sounds terrible. I don't want to see it. Thank you for telling me what I will not be watching. It is hilarious. <laughs> and we were trying to think about examples. And I think libertarians are like the Hufflepuffs of politics that they're well-meaning, but just slightly slow. But... <laughs> That is neither here nor there. If you're libertarian and insulted, I don't give a shit. I was going to say, of of the 14 subscribers, about like seven of them are probably Harry Potter fans. And you just just ruined lives. Well, if they're Hufflepuff fans, you know, my heart goes out to them. Just say it. Hufflepuff wasn't bad. If you think about it, objectively speaking, you haven't like all the... Why are we even in this? Nope, nope. nope we're going nope. back to news. <laughs> <Going> back. <laughs> we're, we're, we're losing the point sometimes lately. I blame you. Yeah, I know. I'm a very Moving focused on. individual. But all right, Clearly. as they're saying, stage one of the playoffs is set for this week. It is of, of, of the Overwatch League. So what we're going to get into right now is about five, six uh, uh, Overwatch topics before we jump awesome. into Activision Blizzard. So. I do not really love the playoff format. I think it is slightly convoluted, as I said, and doesn't make particular sense. Uh, it's sort of under. Can you describe it, to people, so that they know what the hell you're talking about? Or all right, you want so me to? You, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you take this one. All right, 
it's it's quick. You know, there's 12 people or 12 teams rather in the league. So each um, the the whole league as a whole is is divvied up into four separate, I guess, groups. Right? Mm-hmm. Not four separate groups. Four separate time periods of five weeks each. So you're gonna have a Stay mini good. season for five weeks essentially. And what they want you to do is, and I realize this, I think this is probably what you have a problem with, is they tried to make each season competitive. So of the four mini seasons, you have five weeks of gameplay. And if you're not playing towards something, the players are going to get stale and it's going to get boring and whatnot. So what they did was they have playoffs at the end of each season, mini season. And the top three teams play for a prize pool. First place gets $100,000. Second place gets $25,000. And the last five, I don't know, all these teams are eliminated. What was cool about the one coming up is like, you can see who's still in the running. We got, what is it? Five teams that are five and three or four teams that are five and three that are playing for that third spot Mm -hmm. to go into the playoff. And apparently there's like 43 million different permutations of how it could play out between each team and what could happen, especially since you take into account, um, what is it? Map aggregate score, I think. think Yeah, the map aggregate score was the weird part to me, which is like, so basically what happened was, sorry about this, I got some noise (laughs) in the background. Uh, So basically what happened was the uh, Seoul Dynasty, I believe, could be in potential jeopardy of getting eliminated from the playoffs solely Mm -hmm. for the fact that they lost to the uh, Valiant. Yeah. Oh, exactly. So they got one by the Valiant. Was, I thought it was London Spitfire and Excelsior. No. Oh, and they lost the third team too. Yeah, you're right. You're exactly. Right, right. Okay, okay. Wow. Well, I guess apparently my phone doesn't go to mute. So that's <laughs> good to know. Yeah. Exactly. But anyway, yeah. So as you're saying, I think Valiant fell down. I think we made a mess of that. So we're going to get back around to that eventually. Okay. Anyway. Yep. Next up, we're going to get to... The first female player in the Overwatch League, Giguri. If you've not heard of her, she is a South Korean player, which, surprise. <laughs> yeah, um, right. Surprise. So so she's cool. nasty. She Have you seen her videos? She's actually ridiculously, ridiculously good. But she was so good that she was it. accused. She was known to be accused of cheating by right. people. I think Probably. some of the people who accused her were in the league still. They were professional players because they didn't think that she could aim that well and all that stuff. And it sucks because in this in this world we live in and in, in Asian culture, like women aren't expected to do a lot, man. So I'm just saying her coming through and boss, it's awesome, but she was getting so many racial and stereotypical man versus women type comments and whatnot. But hey, proud of her. She's on the team, though it kind of sucks the circumstances of why she wasn't originally on the team. It's cool that she's there now, and hopefully she does well in the league, man. Very true. And I, I thought the uh, this great article by uh, Rob Zachney over at Waypoint titled Esports in the Glass Cliff, Overwatch League Make It First Woman Player. It's just a really wonderful analysis of the situations that lead to these moments. So uh, in essence, everyone knew about Gagori before the Overwatch League started. Everyone knew that she was able to be signed, and the argument was that she did not have these skills. Therefore, it would not be uh, uh, she did not merit being in the league. And however, now suddenly, the opportunity that arises isn't one with a good team, one that allows her to be part of a group that becomes a good team. 
she ends up going to the by far and away shittiest team and then to get yeah, your yeah. chance like so you know it's a situation but unfortunately i mean she's gonna do well regardless and then hopefully she'll be picked up later i mean this is better, this is the know? truth of it for 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 women and minorities uh sometimes if you want your opportunity this is the shit they hand you and if you want to get in you got to make it happen regardless of what the excuses are so i'm going to be rooting for her i want her to win i want her to be the first of many uh yep, i agree first of many you. yeah first of many first of many uh they also that was a good, a- <laughs> that was good. That was good. <laughs> the first of many many uh and they also the overall they also hired uh, a little bit of color to the booth as well they uh, signed uh, Mui Forte and Alex Mendez, who are pretty great esports casters. Uh, so that'll be exciting. I think they started one started last night, and then they have a second. Uh, I think Mui starting tonight, or Alex starting Wait. tonight. We'll see. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. cool. Cool. Nothing special. Just a little, a little talk. Uh, next up, the uh, Overwatch League or Activision Blizzard confirmed that they were going to be adding new teams to the Overwatch League next year primarily focusing on Europe and Asia. <laughs> but <laughs> give it to but, him. But <laughs> no, the teams are going to be comprised of Koreans, so it's not a big deal. It it's is, just like a European team with Koreans and an <laughs> Asian team obviously. I, honestly, if I'm them, I just go to every single country that has a strong population of Koreans and just start a team there. <laughs> yeah. You'll find a great team there. It'll happen. Shit. It'll happen. It's, it it's guaranteed. It's just, it's happening. It it's is happening. what's going on. And so um, we'll be excited, as we but, said, for the all Korean Brazilian team, the all Korean Polish team. <laughs> <laughs> That's just going to be I great. I think the biggest thing about this article that I found interesting, and it's an article on PC games, and it's by, I don't even know who it's by. Really. He's just mentioning how Blizzard is expecting to go net profit, or expected to profit with the Overwatch League at the end of this year. And I was like genuinely interested in how that was going to happen. I really don't know with the viewers dropping over time, how they're expecting to go positive. And uh, I don't know. Well, the thing is, I found that- they, 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 so they got numbers. I mean, I'm sure they're profitable simply by the fact that if your team, say you're your team and you pay $20 million to get in, do you see anything worth $20 million? If you take 12 teams and put $20 million into each of them, you know, that's a lot of money. And they necessarily, I don't think, have spent all that money. Right. I can understand that. To have one stadium that everyone plays and then having their sort of living cost on a secondary scale. It's not like these kids are raking in millions just yet. That right. is going to be the defining factor. So now they have sponsors coming in. Once you get to stage one, you'll see that every time you get, you, you usually average like 70 to 90K for viewers on boring games. But like right now is London versus Houston Outlaws. And that's averaging above. You always get to six digits when you get the top teams. We'll see a little bit of bump when it gets to the playoffs. And now with extra sponsors and a whole lot of money for merchandise, that should be the biggest thing. Like it's like sports teams. How much money are they making off merchandise? 
a good point. Yep. I, I wasn't thinking about merchandise in general, but that makes less sense. Well, you know, I, and I'll explain why that, why that's interesting and how they're making money once we get a little bit more into the Activision Blizzard uh, financials. However, just a little bit of game information. The Year of the Dog event has started. Pretty dope. Yep. My first Owls. 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 It's all Owls, dog, or Overwatch, rather. Uh, the There's a couple of new legendary skins. I really love the McCree. I really love the Genji. Yeah, they look pretty sweet. I think Farrah is going to be awesome. Dude, obviously the goal is for someone like, for people like us, completionists, we want every single one. So we're just going to have to play arcade for fucking ever. Those goddamn loot boxes. Oh, wait, (laughs) you get more loot boxes from arcades? Are you kidding me right now? You call yourself an Overwatch player? You don't even know this? No, I didn't. You got to... You got to get nine wins. If you get nine wins, you'll get three additional loot boxes other than just like winning a game your first time that day. Or uh, like yeah, man, if you look at the top, if you go into arcade mode, you'll see three pips and then a line and three pips and a line. And as soon as you get three, you'll get your first loot box and three more, another one, three more. And then you max out for that particular week. Oh, Dump. shit. Well, yeah. that's good to know because I usually just open loot boxes as I play a regular game. Oh, man, <laughs> and I don't pay for them. Yeah, I refuse. Definitely don't. Now, not one no. penny has been given to Blizzard on my behalf. Yeah, sorry, Blizzard. Sean. I love you guys, but it's just principle. I'm not going to pay for virtual items. Same way I don't pay for digital games. I would have bought a hard copy of fucking uh, Cuphead. <laughs> <laughs> That's because you want. The, uh, what, what'd you get? You got a plaque with it or something stupid? No, I, I, got, I got a like a little plaque? art cell. It's like five by three. But funny thing, I, like I had said back then, dude, I opened it and it didn't even have a game in it. And then it emailed me <laughs> the code. I was like, seriously? Like, at least put the code in here. Like, I didn't get my email open. I'm like, yeah, oh, oh, there's nothing in here. Like, I figured they don't have a disc, but yeah. I mean, I That's don't funny. think production costs would be a lot and i think it would help them a lot but whatever next up because i'm such an overwatch fan that i did not know that you get more loot boxes from arcades they are now going to let you change your skin right before a match which i'm actually pretty excited about dude it'd be awesome you can see like what other people are rocking and then you can match exactly exactly you get group squads and shit like all that team building is what you need to actually win in overwatch makes complete sense complete sense and so that'll be uh that'll be a good one i'm excited for that i plan to play very much so tonight and play for a long time tonight but that's anyway anywho anywho now more on to interesting information at least in my relative opinion the q4 numbers for activision blizzard came out uh the other day and the total net revenues for the company, this is the company that owns Blizzard, obviously, being called Activision Blizzard, was $7.02 billion. However, the company made over $4 billion from microtransactions last year, which is over half of the total revenue. And so it should be noted that that means that Activision Blizzard made more money from microtransactions than they did from actually selling video games absolutely absurd how much money that is fucking which is bonkers just mind-boggling and it just shows the addictive nature of video games and of of rewards in general and dude 
if anyone knows how to do it, it's definitely Blizzard. Though, in that article, you, you, I'm guessing you mentioned the, the fact how two billion of the four billion was actually <laughs> netted relations. The app company, what's yep. it called? Um, From King, one one company, Candy Crush Saga yeah, yeah. and Shuffle Cat. Two yep. games gave you yep. two billion dollars in revenue. Candy Crush is a sinkhole. Oh my goodness! I cannot That's, believe it still exists. Right? It's still going on. You can have like you have up to eight hundred levels or something stupid, or even more than that. But and you, people are just they want them extra hearts and the extra everything. Ugh. You know what's really interesting it's about it's that insane. to me is that the fact that you would assume that someone who's playing PC games has a nigh, uh, excuse me, a higher net average of money to be able to spend on microtransactions, loot boxes, whatever the case may be. But then when you get to mobile and you're like, oh shit, how did mobile make? almost as much as PC, I think there's that sort of democratization of spreading the cost over that many devices that is why I keep saying mobile gaming is the future, which is if one company pulled in $2 billion off of two games of microtransactions, that means that if you have that many more people with the availability to pay into your system, you are going to be better off and I yeah. guess these guys take it as for, for me, it's the more people that are playing, the lower your cost will be for these guys. It's more so like the more people playing, the more money we make off of you. That's just that's just logical. It makes sense. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't begrudge anyone making money. I'm a capitalist, but simultaneously I begrudge. Or microtransaction, micro I, I frown upon them because. You know, it's like we said with the, the EA thing and, and the games and services, which is that they're just going to ramp up those smaller costs as they take away more, you know, full costs. So pay once and then own something or pay forever and basically rent it, which is what we're all moving towards a rental economy where no one works. No one owns anything and all their money is in company fucking company money is that is that company currency it'll be like <laughs> pay with your pay with your blizzard dollar you know right right right, right oh well right. guess what they fucking did when it came to buying the overwatch league skins they didn't just give that to you for money they're like oh or, or translate your shit into tokens and then spend your tokens yep, yep, fucking yep, retarded. yep same thing pokemon go did that conversion of money is a psychological trick to get children I shall stand by that one for better or worse. Anyway, that uh, I, I get negative when it comes to the financial aspects of these companies. I can't help myself. <laughs> I can't help myself. I, I feel like for all of the good that gaming has done, there's not a lot of people in the industry who are willing to be like, fuck out of here with that. So now you have one, two with Lilo. Anyway, following up to something that we covered a bit last week, the Netflix of games with Utomic, which actually I'm in touch with the team over there. We may end up having the founders on here to speak a little bit. Same with Caffeine, the Twitch competitor that's coming out. So we're, we're in the process. We'll update you guys about that one. But Google is prepping their own gaming streaming service, which I don't know how exactly that is going to end up working for them. I would be genuinely confused as to what their 
entrance into the potential field is given that uh, PC already has its standard in Valve. If anything, someone should try to take over Valve, but apparently it's going to be like a, a, a Google Chrome. It'll, be, it'll work with Google, uh, Google Chrome cast and in a potential Google console. This is over at gamesindustry.biz. It's, uh, it's codenamed Yeti. If they come out with the console, that just proves that Google is so overinflated that they don't know what to focus on. <laughs> Maybe. I, I think competition's good, and it's nice to hear that a big industry or big a big name, big company like Google is getting interested in video games in general. That makes me happy. But at the same time, hey, it's just the beginning of the rumor mill. This is like the start. We'll see. I feel like we should wait to develop our opinions. Oh, I agree, they because they, they could do very much what like Amazon did which is when the right. Amazon studios came out and I was like, well, what you, you're like the book delivery company. And, and what do you know? They're, they're coming out with bangers or winning Oscars, et cetera. So exactly. they're getting into all these different services and they're doing a very, very good job changing the industry. So you never know who could be the guy comes in and revolutionizes be sick. That's but, true. Google maps still sucks. Till we get more details about Yeti, I'm going to hold my opinion. Yes. Google we'll hit us up. We want to be in the know. You know. Anyway, now on to one of the more interesting topics. And this is actually called this probably episode two, if you guys go back. PUBG versus Fortnite. So PUBG's average player count declined for the first time ever, which is wild if you think about it. Like, wild. This game's been out, out since October. So that means that, like, it never declined. There was always more and more and more and more and more and more. And this is, again, should be understood that constant growth mindset is stupid. But anyway, they are wildly successful. And so just because they are dipping, they still have a million concurrent players at a time, you know, which at the minimum is huge. And so awesome. Like, awesome. It's just so cool. It's just like, yeah. That's insane. And it's beats every other game on Steam by far. So it, it makes sense that they have to do it because they have, I mean, I think they banned almost like a million players uh, oh, in the last yeah, month yeah. alone. So I'm sure that has a net effect on what they're delivering as, you know, current, current players as well. But the numbers are dipping overall. Uh, I, I, I always had a feeling it would. Uh, it's just like, I guess a lot of cheaters, going there and you know at its concurrent peak it hit about three million if you recall which set the top uh record for steam at the time and i guess i'm gonna assume it still holds it because now we're gonna get into our other game fortnite just topped PUBG's high with 3.4 million concurrent players as opposed to 3.2 and i i <laughs> the best part there's not even the game's not even out in China yet. Mm-hmm. Like I know it's, it's gonna blow up. It's gonna sure. blow up. Like PUBG was driven primarily by China or Chinese users, and and not like primarily. Of course, it was big elsewhere, but you would say that almost sixty percent of that number was driven by the Chinese consumers. And now Chinese players stop playing PUBG for the most part because Tencent's coming out with their own version. So why would they keep playing that? I'm sure. Found that interesting. I want to know what they're talking about here. I wasn't sure where Tencent was coming in with the PUBG realm. 
Oh, they, they were they, no, no, no. They, they just so basically they have uh, a fully original, original in quotes. I, I covered this a little uh, a couple of weeks ago, but they are doing their own version of a PUBG game, which I guess PUBG game is just battle royale would be the yeah, better way battle. to describe it. But it looks pretty interesting. It looks surprisingly good. But it looks ideal, like identical. So it, if a game is being made in China, I'm sure it'll run better and it'll be more specified to what their requirements are or what their interests are. And for, oh, it's called Europa. There Europa, you go. Yeah, Europa. Excuse me. That was the name. And they also yeah. have Tencent also has mobile versions of that coming out. Yep. And, the mobile, obviously, no brainer. Dude, they're going to make no brainer. And so, like, as we said before, Tencent is a is the monopoly of Chinese gaming companies. I don't think you could compare it to anything here. Chinese mobile gaming companies. I don't even know if it's official gaming, but yeah, they're just... They're probably not. Probably just like a GE over there, just like aeronautics and fucking military and (laughs) video games and battle royale games. Be interesting. Every single piece of the puzzle. Every single piece of the pie, rather, not part of the puzzle. Yeah, that's an understatement, especially over there. They have those centralized companies. They know how to run a bureaucracy well. But <laughs> anyway, I mean, Fortnite's only going to get bigger. I always had a belief that Fortnite was going to end up becoming bigger than PUBG, if only because it's more accessible, more fun. Free, man. It is. I think it's, it's free. I don't know. Have you played both? Yeah. yeah. I personally think PUBG is more fun, and that's just because of the realism I get. Fortnite is awesome, but Fortnite is definitely more polished and... I guess you, you don't run into as many glitches shooting at somebody as you would. Well, now, now they're getting glitches because they they literally just released a statement where they admitted themselves. They're like, we didn't expect this. Mm-hmm. And, and it, but again, like the polish aside, the shooting aside, it's just like fun. Like I stopped playing PUBG because I was not having fun. And I mean fun in the sense that for if I'm if I drop in. And we get into like this intense moments because that intensity is what's really enjoyable at the end of the day where you have right. like this anxiety and like, oh shit, we got to do it. And then, then you die. So you wasted 40 minutes looting here, there, the other place, boom, you die. In Fortnite, it feels a bit more arcade Right. You can just hop into another game right away and like do boom. all this stuff. Exactly. If I'm playing with my friends, I'm like, uh, this is it. I, I love Team Fortress too. And so I, I'm slightly biased because it's like we said that it, to me, I think the biggest thing that stood out with Fortnite, Fortnite for Fortnite was the design. That cell shading animation is just perfect. It's just, it, it, it's perfect. It's literally the perfect style for specific games. And, for battle royale, I think it'll work perfectly, and it did work. Cool. It does work perfectly. So we'll see. They're most concurrent users, they're only going to get bigger. And just learning about those microtransactions, if Blizzard can do it, you know damn well that Fortnite's raking in the cash. Ooh, that's an understatement for them to. Uh, Reason why they stop Paragon, man, because they're like, "Fuck it, we have a cash cow in yep. Fortnite. Let's do this." Yep, that's a perfect word, cash cow. And they're like, "Let's squeeze these udders till it dies." <laughs> that sounds too graphic that sounds like graphic it. but we utters exactly and then lastly to i guess wrap things up a little bit of information on e3 2018 uh the entertainment software association which 
I also surprisingly, surprisingly have a beef with either. I think there may be a recurring theme between me and beef. I was going to (laughs) say, you got to beef with everybody. I do have a beef with everyone. Great assault. She's got strong opinions about everything. If they're conflicting opinions, if you listen closely, it's very Mm -hmm. funny. Listen, I, I just get mad at what I get mad at. I don't think about what I'm getting mad at. All right, all right. Just tell them about E3. Well, <laughs> they're reintroducing uh, public seats. So for media industry professionals, they'll be able to access a show about three hours ahead of the public each day. Apparently, they started doing this uh, a few years, uh, introduced last year, and it was extremely welcomed. Uh, it makes sense. It gives the professionals in the industry a chance to check out the floor, the games, the offerings, et cetera, do their networking. And then it allows the people who are there simply to have fun and consume in after the fact. So they're not mixing with each other, uh, which I guess is sort of silly. I mean, you would think you would want people to mix. But I also understand that if, it, if it's your job to do that, you you go about attending something like e3 slightly differently than us who would be like oh ooh, ooh, what's that what's that what's right. that exactly I, I think you don't want distractions that's the whole idea yeah it makes sense to me just having media who are there to critique and analyze versus a, a fan who's just there to enjoy so exactly and, and uh, that that is the uh i guess the, the the split between everything in gaming i think that's finally closing though there's enjoyment and critical acclaim are sort of going hand in hand, which I still want to go buy Monster Hunter World. It looks really Dude, fun. I agree. I'm going to do it, but I think I'm going to wait until it comes out for PC because I want it to look as pretty. Yeah, I'm going to wait and buy Fallout 5 when it comes out. I like oh. I like my games political. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> do you not know what, what? you not know what the Fallout 5 storyline is? Uh, it's yeah, yeah. it's set in a small town in Montana and it is oh, run no, by right. extremist right wingers. Okay. okay. And your job is to you're like part of this cult and then you escape the cult that's taken over the town and wants to bring as you can tell it, it is quite on the point in its political is politicalness. Makes more, sense. Makes more sense. Exactly. Exactly. So that and that's about it. I want to say what other anything else good coming out in the near future this comes out to your mind? Uh I mean, I think we were both talking about Injustice 2 and Teenage mm. Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh yeah. Uh, that came out. Yes, that's actually but, uh, did you do you want bigger some of that, you see some of that gameplay? I did. And the thing is, like Injustice to me, I thought it was supposed to be more graphic mm-hmm. and just seeing the creep. I don't know. Just crazy stuff that was happening. I might be confusing it with the Mortal Kombat game, Mortal Kombat X, it's, where like freak. Yeah, well, you Damn. are confusing it. I, I probably wanted to, like teenage girls to be like ripping people before, but I didn't get that. So I think I was just mixing two things in my head, two yeah. fighters. It, just because it has the same fighting style. I don't. I played it. I don't love it. I know a lot of people do. I like freeform fighters a lot more than I do these sort of stiff combo based fighters that sort of feels like what street fighter seven and injustice two look like, which is, I mean, nothing against them. I just more of a, a smash and dragon ball Z fighter Z rather uh, fan where you just sort of free flow combat instead of 
or free flow movement of your characters. That's the most important. Okay. But I'm, I don't know. Do I have a it's preference be- when it comes to fighting games? So I don't even play fighting games that much. The last one I remember playing was Marvel vs. Capcom. Like that's way back in the day. Uh, the old two, two or three. Probably two. This is back in college, man. So like a couple of years ago. The I haven't 2D. played a fighter since. Unless, well, I guess you'd say Naruto Shippuden is a fighter, and I did play that more recently. Yeah, I don't know. I, those don't have a shelf life for me. Oh, excuse me. They, those games just don't have a particular shelf life. I know every game has a shelf life, but fighters are particularly repetitive to me. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Sports games. Anyway, uh, that was all we have for you today. A slightly slower news cycle. There's pretty much it all going on in the gaming world at the moment. Uh, there's a lot right. coming up this week, however. We do have an interview coming up with you for you guys as well. Uh, we are going to announce that once we confirm the booking and the time. Uh, and that's about it. Any any closing remarks, Mr. Lilo? No, I, I think uh, I'm just happy with the market. Sorry about the rants. We tend to draw things out a little bit just because we're excited about certain topics and, you know, we dive into some stuff. But uh, all in all, I think that the gaming world is going to pick up. And yeah, I can see us having so much more when those big events come around, a.k.a. your uh, C... What is it? E3. Well, no, it's E3, but then there's like a couple of other oh, CES? things. Yeah, CES, there you go. Just like other big conventions that are happening. Oh, absolutely. So. I mean, February is statistically the slowest month in consumer spending. So if you have any interest in buying anything, February, March are the best time to get prices. That's a fact. Cool. Look it up. And remember, saffron, pure saffron, $1,500 a pound. <laughs> I have no idea. That shit's wild. Yeah. One-fifth of the price of a truffle. That's crazy. Or a pound of truffle, rather. Expensive as hell. That's fucking saffron, man. Anyway, we shall see you guys. Have a good weekend. Have a good weekend. Talk to you later.